feel so special, but but I am, right? That's right. <laughs> in in Christ. All righty, praise the Lord. Everybody having a great Labor Day weekend, I hope. If you're not, have one anyway, okay? All right, so I want to share. I'm going to make this kind of short and sweet. Actually, I don't have a choice to make it short and sweet because we have to be gone here in 33 minutes. But I do want to talk to you about something that's I think that could really help you because, well, God's been helping me with it, and I just wanted to sort of share the wealth. Amen? And I want to talk to you briefly this morning about waiting on the Lord. We should have had a great cheer for that. <laughs> I understand that waiting is not one of the favorite topics of Christians, right? In fact, nobody likes to wait. I mean, obviously, waiting is not one of the fun things that we have to do in our lives in any ways. Uh, but unfortunately for us, waiting reminds us, one of the things that waiting does for us, now waiting is a servant, Okay, so whenever you're waiting, I want you to always remember this from now on. When you're waiting in line at the grocery store or you're sitting on I-77 waiting for the, to get down the, the road, the traffic setting still, or you're waiting on the person that's supposed to do something for you that doesn't show, I want you to remember that God is trying to remind you of one thing. You are not in control. <laughs> Just remember that. You're not in control. And God is trying to give us a gentle reminder that we're not in control. Now, that's how I get through waiting. Okay, I'm not in control, Lord. I can just relax. You're in control. Or somebody else is in control. I'm just good. You know? Uh, spiritually, are y'all following me so far? Spiritually, everybody in this room is waiting on something. Uh, in fact, when you begin to study the Scriptures, you will find that waiting is, is interwoven throughout the whole Bible. It's a major topic in the Bible, this saying of waiting. Yet we never talk about waiting except for in a, sort of a negative, you know, a negative sense. Uh, I just want to read two quick scriptures to you that really speak loudly about waiting. Romans eight twenty three. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, even, that's what Paul said, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So this even, that, that word even just sticks out to me. James 5, 7. Therefore be patient, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Early and latter rain. Well, that's a promise spiritually. That's a promise of a revival. Okay? The early rain, the latter rain. So a revival promise. Uh, but what I have seen with many Christians, most Christians, in fact, lots of Christians, all of us at one time, we can become jaded or cynical about waiting. And you know what I'm talking about. We can become very... Uh, I've noticed even about the thing about revival, a lot of Christians become cynical and jaded towards revival because there's an expectation that builds in people's hearts about a move of God. And then when it doesn't happen, what happens? They get deflated. And, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons revivals don't happen. But the truth is, God has promised revival in the earth. And I don't care what anybody tells you, it's in the Bible. Okay? And so there's something that we're waiting on. We're waiting on this, this move of God that somehow never seems to materialize, right? We, it just doesn't seem to materialize the way we think. Or we're headed down this road and we're seeing it materialize, and then somebody involved in the revival does something dumb. 
and ruin and just, just derails the whole thing. You know, we've seen that. Another one is we many of us have have prayers that we have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and it just doesn't seem like God is ever going to answer the prayer. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have prayers that you felt like you have prayed so much that it's like, forget it. <laughs> you just forget it. I don't even want to pray it no more. Okay? Uh, another thing is, is we all, I'm, I think many Christians are looking for that big breakthrough in their life. Any of you are looking for a big breakthrough. A breakthrough in your life where everything's going to shift for you. It's going to be a moment of transition. It's going to be a moment, a turning point in your life. And we're all looking for that. We should be. If you're not, come on. You know, God's the God of the breakthrough. And, but many times what happens is it doesn't seem that that breakthrough ever really materializes in your life. Or if you get a breakthrough, you struggle with living in the breakthrough. You know what I'm talking about. In fact, I heard a preacher years ago say it's much harder to live your breakthrough than to receive your breakthrough. You know, because even though you may get a breakthrough, if you had a major breakthrough today, guess what? Tomorrow morning you've got to get up and walk that breakthrough out. Okay, but many people become discouraged about those kind of things. Many people have prophetic promises over their life. Many people got promises from God prophetically, words from the Lord that you are just convinced were born in the heart of God. They spoke to your heart in such a fantastic, confirming way, but you're saying, is it ever going to happen? You know, I mean, a lot. when you start getting my age, you start wondering, like, well, heck, I'm starting to... I'm starting to get, you know, hey, Lord, if you don't do something pretty soon, I'm going to be like old grandpa trying to fulfill some of these. You're going to have to do a Moses on me, you know, and, you know, cause my eyesight not to give away, my body not to give away, uh, you know. So what happens is people, this is what we do, okay? This is what you and I do. We de- develop a theology around these things. We de- develop a theology in our life that protects us from disappointment and discouragement when God doesn't do what we believe He's supposed to do. And so we have this theology that's really not even biblical at all. Okay? It's like praying for, praying for the sick, and you get so discouraged because you don't see God heal the sick, so you begin to develop this wrong theology about healing. Okay? And the church is full of wrong theologies, and it all comes out of this thing that God hasn't, He didn't act when we, we thought He was supposed to act. He didn't act the way we, were, we thought He should, or, or it just never happened the way we thought it was going to happen. And so we developed some kind of, you know, deceptive theology that sounds good, that sounds right, but in the end it leads you away from the Lord. It leads you away from the heart of Christ. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Has anybody ever done that besides me? I think we've all done that. In fact, I think many of us have uh, these uh, theologies operating in the background of our heart that we may not be conscious of, but they're keeping us out of the will of God. They're keeping us out of the fullness of God. Only the Lord can really reveal those things to you. It's a good prayer to ask God to show you wrong theology. Let me tell you, when you be careful when you ask that prayer because that's a prayer He'll answer. And sometimes the answer doesn't come as sweet as you would like for it to, to come. Uh, but it's a good day when God begins to unravel your bad theology and your bad understanding about Him. Amen? Um, it's challenging enough to wait on something that we know is supposed to happen. I can remember when I was a little boy, uh, one Christmas night, because Christmas was important to me like it is to most children, looking at the calendar on December the 25th, 
staring at it. And my dad said, Byron, it's only 365 more days until we get to do this again. Well, for that little mind, that 365 days could have been eternity to me. You know what I'm saying? So we, we are, we're, there's things we're looking for, like, you know, when I was in the seventh grade, I longed for the day that I would get my cap and gown on and get my diploma and escape from this prison I called, <laughs> we called school. I didn't, actually, I, it was a mistake. It's not a prison. It's easy in there. If you're a student, it's really easy in there. Trust me. It gets worse when you get out. I, I, just, 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 just truth. Being an adult is not everything as cracked that people tell you it is. I, and it's more fun being a kid. I'll admit it. This is, life has just seems so much better. It may not be better, but it seems better. So, you know, uh, many people have vacations scheduled, and you just were like, am I ever going get, to get to this vacation? You know what I mean? You've worked hard and hard, and you're just waiting on that, that week off. I just gonna, I got this week off coming. I just can't wait to get that week off. Uh, or some of us have been promised raises or promotions. Will I ever get the raise? Will I ever get the promotion? You know what I'm talking about? Those are things that we can sort of foresee. But spiritually, this is the, really what makes it hard spiritually. Spiritually, we're waiting on some things where there's really no definition of when it's going to happen. Okay, God has spoken things. The Bible's full of soon, soon the Lord. About this time tomorrow. It's like, that's soon, 500 years later? I mean, you know, that's soon, God? And I can look at my own life, things that I've seen God do in my life, answers that I thought was going to happen, well, by next month at this time, I'll be, I'll be walking in this. It was years, years literally before I saw it take place in my life. Am I encouraging you this morning? <laughs> I feel so encouraged, I don't know what to do. You know? It's like a train coming, that you hear it way, way, way in the distance, but it never seems to get there. You know? That's a lot how our spiritual life is. That's a lot how God has designed the spiritual world. Paul the Apostle, Peter the Apostle, when, when they were writing the New Testament Scriptures, they believed the Lord would soon. The day of the Lord is upon us. And here we are 2,000 years down the road. And it's like, really? <laughs> Somehow y'all are missing the boat, guys. Not really. It is soon. Jesus is coming back really soon. A lot sooner than he was then. But who knows what soon he is, Right? Are y'all are y'all tracking with me a little bit here? Now I'm I'm gonna I want to move down here and I want to read I want you to read something with me. I want to read Luke one verse thirteen. Okay, I wanted to read that Isaiah forty thing because there's so much power in that, but I don't have time. But only thing I want to say to you is it those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up like wings of eagles. See, that's a really important thing for you and I. The only way you can see your life right. Is waiting on the Lord. You will never be able to really see, get the perspective. Because that's what an eagle does. He has a perspective. He has a sight that we don't have sitting on the earth. That's why I said we've got to get out of this chicken mentality of walking around scratching on the ground and get an eagle mentality where we can begin to see things from an eagle's perspective. Okay, and that's how we're able to live above everything we do on this earth. That's how we're able to look at our lives is to be able to look at it from a heavenly perspective. That's what that's talking about. But I don't, I don't, I want to do something. This is this is like I want to read this Luke one thirteen. You know, all that other stuff is really powerful, but this is this is what 
I want to tell you a couple things. Number one, I was thinking about this. This is my Easter, not my Easter, but Christmas message really soon. Okay, so I'm getting you ready for Christmas because I love Christmas, as I've already told you. So this is stuff you would read at Christmas. Uh, this is the angel speaking to uh, Zacharias, you know, John the Baptist's dad, before John. He says, the angel said to him, do not be afraid. He appeared to him while he was doing ministry in the temple. Don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your, everybody say, your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, people who are experts, I'm not one of those people, in the original language of the New Testament say this should be translated by like this instead of the way it is. The prayer you no longer pray has been heard. Isn't that powerful? The prayer. Now, how many people in this room have prayers? You quit praying. Has anybody got that? Or maybe you have this going on in your life. Okay? Maybe you have some times in your life when your mind is so, you are so much under the gun. Things are happening so fast in your life. You don't even, you're thinking, I don't even know how to pray right now. I can't even get one thought in front of the other to have any kind of decent prayer with God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you been there where you're just like, you know, Lord, I, I would love to be able to pray and talk to you about some stuff, but my mind is overwhelmed with thoughts. I'm out of control here, Lord. You know, my life is out of control. My best prayer is like what I told you last, like Psalm 12, 1. Help, Lord. Literally, I have been in those moments. Help, Lord. That's my best shot today, God. Just help me. I just need your help. Okay, so there's this times there. And see really what that scripture tells us that we have we could pray for stuff for years and give up. These were old people. John and Elizabeth, or Zachariah says they were old. It was an old man and an old woman. It was grandma and grandpa. Can you imagine your grandma and grandpa having babies? No, that's the way they were. They were like Abraham and Sarah. They were old people. Their childbearing days were over with. They should be enjoying their grandchildren by then. You hear what I'm saying to you? So they quit praying a long time ago. A long time ago for that baby. They'd given up. In fact, he was, if you really study this thing, or if you knew stuff about those, the priests and how that worked, he was at the end of his ministry. He was, that was one of the last things they would do is they'd put them people in that special position on their way out the door as they were retiring, you know, from the, from the priesthood. And, of course, they retired a little bit earlier back then, but they didn't live as long back then either. And so there's people in this room today that you've had prayers. Some of, you, some of the prayers you've forgotten. You can't even remember some of those prayers. Some you just gave up. In fact, some of you, it may be irritating to you to even think about some of those prayers because of the pain of the unanswered prayer in your life. But the Lord, hey, you know that prayer? You quit praying? Well, I never forgot that prayer. And just because you ain't praying it no more. See, that should set you free this morning. It should set you free when you're in a mess in your life and you can't really pray right. It's not that God's up there keeping notes on you. Well, hey, you're supposed to be praying for this. You didn't pray for it. They, we're not doing it. It should set you free. 
that God is a God of grace and love. And like, yeah, you're having a bad time today. You're not able to really pray the way you desire to pray. You're not really able to ask. I want to set you free to be able to have a relationship with the Lord. And it not be based on, well, I've got to pray for this. I've got to pray for that. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to act this way. I've got to be that way. And I can have this relationship with the Lord. No, I want to set you free because God is not like that. God is a graceful God and He meets us in our moments, in our moments of, of discouragement, our moments when we feel just pressed down, our moments when things are not working in our life, our moments when, when we forgot about it. Hey, it's too late, angel. I don't need a baby. I'm an old man. What, what happened to you? You know, what, what happened to you? Why didn't God hear it before? Oh, your prayers heard, brother. You know, I'll tell you something. God is going to answer some people's prayers. I'm talking prayers that you forgot that he had. See, that's part of waiting. These people waited on the Lord a long time. Long time. Okay, are y'all all right? All right, now, let's do this. Let me finish. All right, let's jump down to the next Christmas person. <laughs> okay. These are Christmas people, right? Those people. And then we got this other old guy named Simeon. Okay? Everybody knows him. This was after Jesus was born. And they were taking him over to the temple to get him, get him circumcised, you know, to do all the things that were required by the, the Old Testament, you know, laws that, you know, God had put in place. You know, uh, Joseph and Mary were really people that were really wanting to honor the Lord. So they took him there. And it says in verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Okay, now this is interesting about Simeon. The Hebrew meaning of Simeon is God hears. God hears. That's a prophetic thing right here. God hears. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. Don't you love that? If, if you don't feel like you're devout... Okay, this morning. And if you don't feel like you was just, you still can have the Holy Spirit part. Sometimes, sometimes in your life, you just don't don't feel that stuff. Now, honestly, everybody in this room, if you know Christ, you're righteous. You're the righteousness of Christ in God. Sometimes you don't act righteous. Right? Sometimes you don't feel righteous. But you are. And the Holy Spirit knows that. And if the Holy Spirit was on a man who was living before, before the Holy Spirit was released by Jesus on the day of Pentecost when he poured him out, he can certainly be on you and me. I love that. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him. Don't you love that? It had been revealed to him. God is interested in revealing some stuff. I think, you know, we're living for revelation, right? By the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, that should tell you something. That telling you, when they said he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, more than likely, this was not a two-week wait. Because God had to tell him, hey, Simeon, you ain't going to die before you see this. Because he probably thought, I'm going to die. I've been waiting so long. I'm getting old. What's the deal? You hear what I'm saying to you? He said, here's another old man. And the Lord's revealed to him, no, you're not going to die. You're going to see. You're going to see the Savior of the world. You're going to see the Messiah. Okay, isn't that cool? Okay. So he came by, everybody say by the Spirit, into the temple. See, the Holy Spirit is just all over this dude. He's all involved in his life. 
That's what we want, right? We want the Holy Spirit to be all over us. We want Him to be revealing stuff. We want Him to be in every detail of our life. Come on, Holy Spirit. We want you there. You know, that's what we do lots of times when we feel exasperated, like, God, what are we going to do about that situation? Uh, this is what we're going to do. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this situation. <laughs> that's a good prayer. This marriage is having trouble. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this marriage. Come into this marriage. Come into the details. Lord. Oh, the trust is like, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you in the, involved in these trusses. <laughs> Get involved in the trusses, Holy Spirit. You, we'll, we'll do what we're... Hey, this is the truth. You do what you're supposed to do. You do what you're supposed to do. This is a biblical principle. You do what you're supposed to do. God will do his part. But listen to this. God is not going to do what he asks you to do. Okay? God is, let me say it one thing. God is not going to do what he asks you to do. He told Peter when he was there in jail that day, locked up in chains, the angel came in and touched the chains. They fell off of him. Guess what he said? Get up and put your pants on. You the angel was not going to put his pants on. You can put your own pants on. Put them on. And he opened the door for him. And he followed him. Follow me. I'm not going to carry you out of here. You're going to walk under your own volition. Okay? Here's another one. Forgive. Right? I'll forgive you. I want you to get that. Because, see, people get this weird thing on their mind. In their minds about how God operates. How the spiritual works. The spiritual works like that. There's things that God asks us to do. Do them. And trust Him to do His part. Because you know what? If He don't do His part, it don't matter anyway. No matter what you do. But if you do what you, you believe in your heart, He's asked you to do. He's told you to do it. Then I promise you, God's going to do His part. But God will do His part all day. An angel shows up, put your pants on, Peter. And you sit there. Well, if you don't put them on soon, those guys are going to show up and they can't see me. The guards are. They can't see me. So here you are, you're going to be stuck, and we'll come back and do this tomorrow night and keep doing it until you can get the message. Put your pants on. <laughs> Thank you, Don Casperson. Where's Don at? Raise your hand. Don Casperson said that 30 years ago. I've never forgot that. He said that. I don't, you probably don't remember saying it. Said that about the angel. It stuck in my heart for 30 years. All right, praise the Lord for Don. Okay. So, so he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, being Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed God. Now listen, that's powerful, isn't it? Think about it. The creed was held by the created. God, think about what Simeon was doing. He was holding God in his arms. Does that not get the... That gets to me when I think about that. I think about, my Lord, this man held God in his arms. This man put his probably put his lips on that baby's forehead and kissed God on the forehead. He had God right here next to him, holding him, looking looking into the face of an infant, the face of God. That's powerful. And it's because that man waited. Well, that was one of the reasons. The other reason is God just chose him to do this. But, you know, he did do his part and wait. Let me read the rest of it. This is exciting, isn't it? It puts a new twist on waiting. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. 
See, he knew God fulfilled his word in his life. God did what he said he was going to do. And you're letting me, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared, prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Isn't that powerful? So it was worth it to him. All the waiting was worth it. Um, so I've been in a little bit of difficulty lately in my life. Okay, anybody else have been in a little difficulty? And when I say difficulty, I mean circumstances and situations that have been hard to deal with. Lots of them. In fact, so many. One day, this is what happened to me. I went home, and my phone was ringing off the hook. I had nine messages on my phone. I had 40 emails that needed to be read. Okay? And I sat down, and I said, Lord... I don't want to ever make another decision for the rest of my life. I'm done making decisions. Somebody else needs to start making decisions. I can't make another decision. In fact, I don't want to do anything anymore. But one thing, there's one thing I want to do in my life, Lord. There's, there's one thing I've decided I want to do. And this is it. Is Lord, I want to be a worshiper. You have took me down, and I just can't do it anymore. But I can make a decision today. That I'm going to be a worshiper, Lord. I'm going to spend the rest of my life being a worshiper. And somebody else can make all the decisions. And somebody else can do all the hard stuff. Somebody else can figure all this stuff out. But I've decided this is what I'm doing in my life. I'm going to be a worshiper. And you know what the Lord told me? Can you make those decisions worship, Byron? Can you make them worship? Can you make the hard thing a worship in your life? Can you make whatever you do worship? Can you make digging a ditch worship? Can you make cleaning a toilet worship? Can you make designing a building worship? Can you make sitting in an office worship? Can you really do that if you have? Can you make your life a worship? I'm not looking for just worship on Sunday morning. I'm not looking for just worship when you sit down to pray to me. I love that. He does love that. But I'm looking for your life to be a worship. And no matter what you do, the Bible says, Paul says, I think in Colossians, he says, whatever you do and were to do, do it for the glory of God. Do it as a worship to Him. Y'all hearing this? Now, I'm telling you, that don't come easy for me. It comes for, to me is when I feel like I just can't do what I'm supposed to do anymore. I can't do the things I feel like God's asked me to do. But when He puts it in that context, you do what you're supposed to do. Put your pants on, son. I can put my pants on to the Lord. I can worship God putting my pants on. I can worship God when I have to forgive somebody. I can worship God when I have to set in something that's intense that I want to run away from and hide. I can make it worship. And then I can go through it. And see, that's really all the Lord's really ever called any of us to, really, in the end. Because see, in the end, in the end of your life, like these people were at the end of their life, you know, they've waited, they've prayed, they all this stuff they've gone through. Really, the only thing that mattered at, at that point in their life was their worship to God. You know, and when you get on your, when you and I are, are laying on our, you know, if we are blessed, not, you know, we just sort of like, oh, you know, I'm sort of tired now. Uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, "You're done. I need to go lay down here so I won't fall down and make a mess with, with my body." But I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to move on here. You know, from this earth to the next, that we could just finish our life 
with a heart of worship. And that our life, we could look back on our life and see that our life was really, it wasn't about what we did or didn't do. It, it wasn't about all, all this stuff that we make it to. But we saw that our life became a real, real worship to God. And that we waited all these years for God to answer prayer. And instead of becoming frustrated with God, instead of falling in belief, instead of getting cynical and sarcastic about what God hasn't done in our life, we could spend those years saying, you know what, I'm just going to worship God. You know what i lost my child okay i lost my child lord but somehow in the middle of it, i'm going to worship you you didn't answer that prayer like i thought you were but somehow in the minute i'm going to make this into a worship are y'all following this and one of these days i'm going to hold the face of god in my hands and i'm going to look right into his face i'm going to touch his face i'm going to kiss his face you know and I'm going to know, just like Simeon's name says, God hears. God hears. God hears your prayers. God hears your disappointments. God hears your hurts. And God wants to move on behalf of all that. He really is moved by what you pray. He's moved by it. He's moved about what you feel. When you feel something in your heart that moves your heart, it moves His heart. He feels that. When you suffer loss, God feels that. And God wants us to engage Him. And no matter what you're in, if it's little or if it's big, if it means nothing really in terms of eternity, if it's just an everyday thing, He still wants to engage you there. He still wants to engage you there. That's what God is. That's how God's, that's what He's like. He's not far away. Well, we had to beg him to do something. He's right here for every person in this room. And I promise you, there's, there's many people in this room got this thing working on them. And this is what it is. God didn't do for me. God didn't answer my prayers. God didn't hear me. And your heart is getting slowly but surely hardened by this wrong theology that you've developed over it. And eventually it leads you on another path away from Him. Oh, you may have some kind of relationship, but it, that passion, that fire, that burning thing where you feel that you feel called to, that passionate life that you feel called to, of knowing Him and being engaged with Him and what He's doing, all that will just, just sideline you. It'll just sideline you. And so I made a decision about all my hard decisions. You know what? I'm going to turn them into worship. I'm going to make the hard decisions. But they ain't going to be hard decisions. They're just going to be worship. I'll, go, I'll walk through them. And in my heart, I'm going to say, well, I'm just going to worship through these things. And I'm going to offer these decisions up to God as a, as a sacrifice, as a, an aroma to Him, that He can see it, He can hear it, He can feel it, and it can touch His heart. And I think God is going to come to me and you and different people and say, Hey, you know that prayer you quit praying? Guess what? That prayer you forgot about? Guess what? I'm fixing to answer that prayer. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't need no kids at this age, Lord. <laughs> I mean, come on now. I haven't prayed that, actually. Becky probably did. <laughs> we would have 20 kids if I'd have left it up to her. So I wanted us to pray for people. Okay, what time is it? Oh, we got a couple minutes. Let's just cheat a little. Okay. Honestly, people in this room, 
people in this room who've got this thing working on them, prayers that haven't been answered, disappointments in your life about things that you feel like you've waited and waited and waited, now you've shifted into another mode. Forget it. If you don't care, I don't care. I want to tell you today, he cares. He cares a bunch. Anybody got that? Raise your hand if you do. All right, come on. I want y'all to come down here if you raise your hand. Oh, come on. Don't don't be a chicken. I think God wants to bless people. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm telling you, hey, I've told you my dirty secrets. <laughs> my dirty secrets is, I'm mad, Lord. I don't want to have to do all, deal with all this stuff. I'm disappointed, Lord, because I believe there's a revival coming. I'm disappointed that I don't have that revival today. I've been believing for a move of God for 30-something years in my life. And every time it seems like it gets going, it gets derailed, Lord. That disappoints me, Lord. But you know what, Lord? I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Y'all come line up at front. Can we get people to pray for people? See, I want us to pray for people this morning. I want us to release the Spirit of God on them and bring comfort and bring encouragement and bring a life into them that will help them through this moment in time, you know, where they can feel that God is there for them. God is going to hear my prayer. You know, God is going to hear my prayer. Say that with me. God is going to hear my prayer. Now, let's say this. God hears my prayer. God hears me. Say that. God hears me. Say, God cares about what I pray to Him. God cares about the things I care about. Tell God, say, say, God, I refuse to be cynical. I refuse to be jaded towards You and Your kingdom. Your promises over my life. I refuse to not believe in those promises. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come right now on every person in this room and help them. Help the wounded ones, help the hurting ones, Lord. Can we just, can y'all just sit there a couple minutes while we pray for them? And then we'll leave. We'll have to, we'll have to leave. But we really do want to just pray for them. For those of you who were sitting out there who decided not to come down here, but you really should. <laughs> I know there's some of you out there. There's some of you in here. For those of you, you know, the Lord can get you right where you are. You can't hide from God. <laughs> when I say He's going... You know, when people you say that before, it's always a native. You can't hide from God. It's like He's going to hunt you down and hurt you. No, he's not. He's going to really bless you. Let me read this one last scripture here. I can find it. Oh, praise the Lord. really good. I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible. It's Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14. I'm sure now, I am sure now, I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. 
I'll say it again. Stay with God. Isn't that good? Don't quit. Don't give up on God. You will see the goodness of the Lord. The other version says, in the land of the living. I would have given up if I wouldn't have seen, if I believed that the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to help people see your goodness. To see God in their circumstances. To see God. To experience God. We're asking you to do that for these people today in Jesus' name. That they would see God. I pray, Father, that somehow you would help them understand when the prayers weren't answered. How they... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For all those who have prophetic promises over your life that haven't come true yet, God wants to bring forth your promises. Because God is not a liar. He desires to bring forth every promise that He's ever given you. Thank you, Lord. So won't you guys just stand up with me while they pray? And we're going to uh, conclude with Jacob singing, The Devil's Been Defeated, because that's what we're doing right now. We're finishing up, finishing them off. Amen. And Lord bless you guys. Let's just, just finish with this song. The enemy is finished.